Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 218. Once again, you've got Chris and Brian. This time we're going to talk about a recent pistol training event we did. Uh, focus on vision, a little bit of movement, um, some recoil control, and a bunch of target transition stuff. Yes. Um, you use your eyeballs yeah. to shoot. Yeah, your eyeballs. Your vision is important. Use your eyeballs. Use your eyeballs and yeah. your visual processing and like your brain thing. Your brain thing's involved in all this. It was pretty cool. Yeah. We're getting that like driven home, aren't we? So. We sure are. Yeah, cool. Uh, what we start with? Uh, so to start with, uh, we set up two targets at 10 yards, about a yard apart. Um, and then started with a 90 degree turn to face the targets, um, engage each head box on the target, um, with one shot each and try to do it under three seconds. Um, the, the preferred zone on the target was the credit card and the USPSA head box, um, down to the neck. Yeah. So it's like about a, what a four by four ish area ish. yeah yeah maybe a little taller maybe a little bit bigger maybe, than that yeah maybe four wide by five tall something um, like that something like that but yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah in, in a, a a pretty discriminating box um you know you've got to be on it if you're going fast so yeah yeah um guys the 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 point of the turn is simply to look somewhere and pick up the target and find that spot on the target you want to put the bullet in um and, and then transition to the next target and, you know, do like all those normal things, but with a movement first and visually finding it. So it gives you two times to find the target rather than starting off already looking at it. Um, we did that for about a magazine in each direction, starting facing to the left side of the range and then turning up range and then and, or vice versa, whatever. Right. But, you know, about a mag starting facing a berm on one side and turning toward the backstop kind of thing. Um, as you're doing this, again, if this stuff is relatively new to you, um, you, you can draw the gun as you're turning as long as you're keeping the gun pointed in a safe direction, you know, and that's, that safe direction is going to be toward the backstop um, and, and not near anybody else. But yeah, you're turning, finding two targets visually and taking each shot as quick as you can do it. Uh, this is not a, like, if there's brown behind the dot, I'm taking the shot kind of thing. This is actually putting it where it's supposed to be. Yeah, these are confirmation three shots. For sure. Um, even at 10 yards, you know, even yeah. though you're relatively close. Um, yeah, and, and the three-second part-time was, was I think, probably pretty generous. It if was, you say a second-and-a-half, you know, draw stroke, yeah. and then you break that down into uh, second-and-a-half to the first shot, and maybe let's say a second-and-three-quarters because it's a headshot, and then a quarter-second transition, and then another shot, um, you know, this this is realistically a two-second uh, two drill. If... If you have a yeah. good draw stroke, this is realistically a two-second drill all day long. Um, uh, I say it's a two and a half-second drill all day long. Yeah. So actually, go on headshots. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I stole this drill from Mike Pannone off okay. of his Instagram, and he was running consistently at like two ten. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, we'll do this at two five. But then it was raining. Everybody's wearing jackets. Yeah. So I'm like, we'll do three seconds. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and it, three and seconds seemed to be like. You could do it all day long. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I was running consistently, <clears throat> running two sevens, two eights, no problem at all. A couple faster, a couple slower, depending on how much coat got in the way, because it, it did freaking monsoon on us. Um, right before training, we started, right shooting. before we started, and then off and on throughout. So yeah, um, yeah, we so we did that. Um, you know, like I said a magazine each direction, um, and just kind of grinding that. Find the find the spot on the target visually as you're turning. Shoot it. Find the next target. Shoot it where you want to shoot it, and go on. Um, we saw some guys come up with some things around 
Um, some equipment issues. I think we had one of the guys had a gun that the dot wasn't quite as zeroed as he would have liked. Um, and then had some guys just, there's a little bit of struggle bus for, and I think it's like mental hiccup stuff, like lack of practice kind of stuff. I would say the yips, you know, kind of your yeah. golfer kind of thing uh, that were driving hard, trying to make up for time with a slow draw stroke. Um, and so, you know, working on that draw stroke, trying to get that first target and then not doing well on the first target, but then getting to the second one and making it work. Um, and that, that was, a, that was an odd thing. That was, I don't know if that's a mental thing or a driving thing or what, I'm not sure. So, but anyway, we saw that with a yeah. couple guys, uh, struggling and then, you know, so anyway, so interesting stuff comes up and part of the reason we're out doing this stuff is to find the hiccups and work through them. And I think we did eventually but that was an interesting one so yeah there was some odd dance steps going on too yeah yeah for uh, sure some funny movement yeah this is like doing the 90 degree turn is is a step with one leg it's a pivot it's a pivot yeah um it's the pivot needs to be very very aggressive yeah and very fast um if you're doing the pivot right and the and you're trying to do the draw stroke at the same time yeah. Really, all you should have time to do while you're pivoting is clear the cover garment. Like yeah. the gun's not even out of the holster yet. Yeah. The pivot's over. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your foot's coming back down as you're. You should be have the gun should be clearing the holster as your foot's coming back down, facing downrange. Yeah. Yeah. From a safety perspective, but also from a speed perspective and timing perspective in general. So I don't think anybody was getting the gun out fast enough. They couldn't move their foot first. So yeah. um, it just we had some odd extra steps thrown in there, um, and then we compounded it. Yeah, so we did. We now introduced um, a vision barrier. So we we put a double stack of barrels yeah. between the shooter and the targets. Um, the barrels are I don't know, like call it nine yards. Yeah. Um, so you had to now look, kind of look through the barrel to where you expect the target to be, yeah. uh, so that you could find the target um, and then do the transition to the second target. Um, yeah, we were not using the barrels as cover. Yeah. Um, they were strictly there to be a vision barrier make you work um, and make you yeah make you really work through it um and to, to be like okay this is where the target should be yeah. i mean have the gun up and ready um and then as soon as i can find it and get yeah. get the exact spot on the head box that i want then i can pull the trigger and i would say if, you know if you wanted to draw a comparison to like a uspsa match this would be where the foot box maybe extends past cover or concealment yeah. where it extends past and you just got to get past it and find the targets with your eyeballs and get the gun on them and shoot except that rather than running into position you're simply pivoting into position so maybe this is like you're starting under the beep and have to just get around that corner to the first couple targets kind of mentality um, you're trying to move fast trying to visually pick things up quickly um, not chasing in his cover and trying to hug it and stuff like that so it's a little bit different mentality there yep. visual processing not tactics necessarily correct yeah visual skills hard skills not tactics That's yeah right. Um, saw some interesting things here. Saw some guys moving funny, leaning out funny. Um, and, and some of this carried back to not having the vision barrier, but it was it was definitely increased when we put the vision barrier there, where guys were like moving that, pivoting to get around the barrel. Um, a lot of guys from a tactical perspective, from a tactical mindset, were trying to move to the right side of the barrier. And if you had a, a piece of cover that was relatively thin, then you were going to work it around it one way or the other. I think the terrain dictates which side of cover you use. But in this case, you know, there are a couple of guys who mentioned the idea of I'm right handed. I'm going to expose less of myself going to the right side. I think that's a technique conversation. 
Um, but we didn't really haggle over that. It was just kind of, hey, get around it and shoot. That's fine. Whatever you perceive yeah. to be your gunfight, if you want to throw that into it, that's fine. That wasn't the intent of the drill. But it led to some weird stuff, some off-balance stuff, where guys were, like, stepping out with their front foot and almost like they're getting ready to do, like, a split squat, where, like, or, you know, a rear lunge where that rear foot was, like, toes on the ground, not foot on the ground, not ball of your foot on the ground. Uh, that just led to some off-balance kind of stuff that I think caused some struggling, too. And, again, we're back to that. We focus so much on the gun, but it, it's, it's the, word, the, word, the root word of the word gunfight is still fight, right. not gun. And you do not fight with your hands. You, you, you fight with your feet from the feet up from the ground. You cannot project power in any way, shape, or form if your feet aren't where they should be. So we're back to that, back to that martial arts athletic mentality. So that, that popped up. Um, yeah. Visually, you were running an occluded site. Yeah, so I'm yeah. Running, I, run, I run painter's tape on my dot because um, Joel Park told me it won't get me killed in the streets. And you're left eye dominant. And I'm left eye dominant. Uh, so shooting around the, the left side of the vision barrier, um, I needed to go out just a skosh bit further yeah. or else I was seeing blue barrel and yeah. blue dot and no target. Yes. So you had to go out a, you had to go out basically an interpupillary interval further than yeah. normal to make sure you got your Mark 1 Mod 0 good eyeball being your right one to where you could actually see what the hell is going on. And it was funny because the first time you did it, you were almost like... It was almost like a dog that walked into a spider web where you like shook your head like, what the hell was that? You know, and then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, learning occurs, right? Uh, well, you know, so, yeah. So the moral of the story is if you're going to shoot around left side cover in the streets, then maybe take your blue tape off for that left side cover shot in the streets. Or I'll just go out an extra like two inches <laughs> and make it really fast. No. <laughs> oh, you'll die for sure. Um, but it, but that that was an interesting vision thing that popped up. That you know, from a training perspective, again, chasing hard skills. It's a visual, it's a visual endeavor, and you didn't have the one eyeball in it because the other was basically blocked looking through the optic. So you learn there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I also think, to some extent, really points out that you are being target focused. Just maybe you'd have been seeing around it with your dominant eye if you hadn't been target focused maybe you'd have been doing something weird right i don't know you might have found a way a cheat around it that likely would have been slower and not good yeah so um guys as we were doing all this uh some things came into play with this that that, that i don't know if we want to talk about the dry fire aspect that came into play with this because but i don't know if this is a good time to throw it out there or not but a lot these were headshots so this is a relatively yeah. tight target at about 30 feet and not an impossible target. Don't don't misunderstand. I'm not saying this is crazy hard stuff, but it's something where you are. It is that confirmation three. It is slowing down, getting a good focus, making sure the dot, your optic is is exactly where you want it, and then pressing the shot. My dry fire has consisted almost solely of coming out of the holster to a single click, and then also doing what we call trigger control at speed, where you're you're starting out basically with your finger touching the trigger, but you are you're going as fast as you can go. And trying to disturb the sights as little as is possible. Yeah, you want to with trigger control at speed. The goal is to pull the trigger back to the rear before the beep is done beeping. And the beep's about three tenths of a second. Correct. So when you hear the beep, you press, and you want to have the click before the beep ends. Um, and and again, nowhere near impossible until you start trying to keep your sights where you want it. There's also the conversation with this on trigger control at speed. I was doing trigger control speed dry fire. Um, both on some of the dry fire targets that we have, uh, 
at maybe 15 feet mm -hmm. um, and then doing it on like a light switch plate, not a light switch at again at maybe eight to 10 feet. So a reduced size target, but I was trying to simulate basically would that have been an A zone hit at whatever appropriate distance, not is it going in the same hole kind of thing. So this isn't like your um, what's the drill uh, where dot torture. This isn't dot right. torture where you're going and have all the time in the world. You're trying to make the trigger work quickly, good enough to hit what you want to hit, and then being honest about where the dot's going. And if it's coming off the target, then you didn't do it right kind of mentality. So I've spent, that's where my dry fire practice has been spent for the last two weeks, pretty consistently though, almost every day. Um, that made a really big difference on these headshots because I was able to get the dot where I needed it and not smack the trigger, but punch the trigger. Yeah. And, and so that, that really made a big difference for me the whole night, but it really showed up on those headshots in my opinion. I felt super comfortable. I felt like I was getting pretty good hits and running at a speed that was good for me maybe not good for the rest of the world but i'm, I'm happy with it i'll take it i'd say yeah. it was it was probably pretty good for the rest of the world yeah. too so uh, but dry fire matters and there's the application of it to the specific drill in this case and i'm probably going to stay on that for now because i feel like yeah. it really made a difference yeah trigger control at speed was the drill i've been doing since i got back from summit um kind of every single dry fire session yeah at least you know, 10 to 20 reps of that, kind super of to start things to, out. Super easy to push into. If you didn't do anything else for dry fire other than draw and present five times and then trigger control at speed five times on the trigger, five times off the trigger, and five times from the back of the trigger guard. Yeah. Literally, you could do a two-minute dry fire session tops and get something very, very valuable in that getting those reps, getting that, gro that groove greased, I think would be helpful in a, in a very subconscious way pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, because my dry fire sessions were not 15-minute sessions. They were probably sub-10-minute sessions uh, doing this, if that. And a couple times a day in a lot of cases. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, cool. What did we do after we did step around the barrel and shoot? Uh, so then we went to, we started shooting MXAD. Okay. Uh, and we shot the standard version of MXAD and then some variations on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you not familiar with MXAD, um, this is the MAT X-Ray Alpha drill, um, hence MXAD. Mm -hmm. uh, very original. I think Ben, ben Steger called it that and yeah. it stuck. Uh, so we set up two targets. Uh, they're essentially right next to each other horizontally. Visually, yeah. And then in depth, um, the closer target is at 7 yards. The far target is at 12 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, you shoot six rounds to the close target in the body A zone and then two rounds into the far target, um, into the A zone in the body uh, for a, let's call it like, in the practical shooting training group, um, or practical shooting training book um, for a level two shooter, you're chasing a four second part time. Yeah. Um, if you're be trying to do beyond that, um, you should be shooting for under three yeah. uh, consistently. Um, to under two five for probably a GM, yeah. or maybe even an M, and probably closer to two two seconds for a GM. Yeah. Um, but yeah, under three is achievable all day, every day. Yeah, I, I actually I think I had days. I think I had one clean under three um, out of the couple times that we did it, and then I had a bunch of that when that were just over three, um, and unfortunately a a drop shot here or there. 
Um, and I was into, and this was one of those drills where, you know, you do a lot of this at 90% perfect at 90% intensity, 90% speed and do it perfect. Cause you don't want the misses because if you have a miss, it's a fail or not. Or it's not, it's okay. a, it's a, okay. this is call this a hit factor okay. scoring thing. I was treating it as a, as a pass fail mentally for me because I'm shooting, uh, I'm running a P365 XL now. I just put a different optic on it. Um, and so running, running that, that new EPS carry um, and trying to chase that. And the little gun moves around a lot. So I was really trying to push it and see what I could do. The one, if I'm being honest, the one I ran clean in just under three seconds was luck. Because everything else I ran after that, I was, I, the shots were dispersed vertically, but I would throw one or two maybe a little bit high. And I don't know if I wasn't controlling the gun or I was coming back on the trigger too fast. Um, and then, but pushing to the second target, my long shots were clean and I was right over three. And I'm, you know, B class for life. So I have, I, I have no problem with running that yeah. drill and having those results. Um, I just need to slow down a little bit. But what I ran into was my old nemesis, um, the turtle. Um, and again, we're back to what are you doing when you dry fire? Are you turtling when you dry fire? That was one of the things I was pushing. Yeah. And so by turtle, we're not talking like slowing down a whole lot. We're talking about yeah. adding a bunch of tension in the shoulders and the neck. Yes, thank you. Um, and so what happens when you get tension in your shoulders and your neck, that translates to your arms. And at the end of your arms are your booger hooks and it translates attention in your booger hook too, and you end up getting stupid crap like trigger freeze where you just simply can't manipulate the trigger as fast as if you had relaxed shoulders, uh, soft elbows, slightly bent elbows, and you're smashing the shit out of the gun with your weak hand, but just doing enough with your right hand that you can stay loose with your trigger finger. And so I tripped over my trigger finger a couple different times and, and it took a, a second to, to to realize what I was doing. Like, why am I tripping over the trigger? Well, you trip over the trigger when you're tense. So I went back to rolling the shoulders, going back to that mantra, you know, loosen up, roll your shoulders, get ready to go, scap retraction, okay, cool, let's make it happen. And got back into a little cleaner stuff and a little better speed and a little more consistent on the trigger, if not quite as fast. So, you know, again, we're back yeah. to, gosh, things you can do in dry fire. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where do we go from there? Because we did that a lot, we ran that drill. A, a, we ran MXAD a lot, and we put, we and guys, yeah. this, this doesn't sound like a lot when you put it to it, but this was probably a two hundred fifty round night. Um, yeah, we did probably quickly. like five or six reps of this, and it's an eight round string every yeah. time you do it. So somewhere between forty and forty eight rounds. Yeah, and um, and in between <clears throat> bursts of rain and whatnot, and yeah. changing clothes and stuff like that. So uh, so then the next version of this we did. Um, three shots to the close target, um, one shot to the far target, three shots to the close target, one shot to the far target, yeah. um, all in the bodies. So trying to work in additional visual transitions, yeah. um, trying to get that, okay, you gotta go really fast on the close target, <laughs> but maybe slow down just a touch for the further target. Yeah. Um, and then you know, trying to get the eyes to work you know, between a seven yard spot and a 12 yard spot. Um, so there's some extra stuff going on with the eyes and the vision. When you're transitioning an extra um, time too yeah. on that sight confirmation, because seven yards might be a two, maybe a one, depending on how good you are. But, you know, and going to the far targets, maybe a three, maybe a two, depending on how good you are kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you got an extra visual, mental visual transition to what I need to actually see based on an extra five yards of distance. And then additionally, you got two extra transitions in. So you're adding 
let's call it a half a second to the drill too. Or not. Or not. But I'm just saying if you're if you yeah. I mean if you go if you go six point two five transition and then two more versus three point two five one point two five back three point two five forward, you're adding ish half a second ish to the drill. Um, if if your transition's a point two five. Yeah. And if it's better than that, great. If it's slower than that, work on it. But that's the conversation. So, I mean, I, I, I think that makes that drill, it makes it a different drill. It has different value, but it's yeah. valuable. Yeah. It's still very valuable. It's a different way to do it because three shots is enough to say that I jack my grip up. And then from there, now you still have all the same number of shots. You're just transitioning visually and adding some more of that to it. Right. So, I'm not saying better, just different. Yeah. But it does some different things. Visually, it gives you a lot more work visually. Definitely a lot more work visually. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and, and it's a, and it's fun. It's a change up, a little, little something, something different. Um, I, I, I still saw guys doing. Everybody got loose up close, which with MXAD traditionally that's what I see is guys really trying to burn down those six shots up close or the three, as it were, twice up close, and and next to nobody was throwing shots at twelve yards, but there were a number that were close misses almost always either high or low vertically strong high vertically strong doesn't bother me so much low vertically strong is a problem yeah they're dropping out of the a box at that point and i think it was guys trying to over muscle the gun yeah. under recoil yes uh, you know instead of, instead of letting the vision do the work to put the dot or put the sights mm-hmm. back where they need to be mm-hmm. um they're trying to trying to force the gun to go where they think it should go yep um yeah yeah let it do let it do. Or uh, use, use your... I can't say it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Try to keep this family friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah you, if you, you me here. Too late. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I'm going to say, you can chuckle about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, use your vision focus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Find out where you're going. So. Find out where you're going. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, so some... I- I- any... any deeper dive specifically on that on that drill i mean i i mean is there anything you want to add to like what we got out of it what we did what we saw what we found yeah i think guys found you know this is one of those one of those drills we're running this from concealment um again you know guys are like what's the part time the part time is go as fast as you possibly can yeah um and i think there's there's some shift in mentality around like we've historically shot a lot of drills with the part time Uh uh-huh so it's like okay i can take the extra time i can deal like yeah and i mean in a gunfight there is no part-time you got to beat the other guy or and, and i think when you start hearing part-times too we this is something that we've got certain guys that have struggled with this um when you hear a part-time and you feel like it's loose your draw stroke slows down or you step back to 50 yards or 25 yards and do something and the draw stroke slows down because no i'm not i'm at distance and I want that perfect grip and this perfect that and this perfect this. Well, you, you're you getting pretty damn good at 10 yards. Why aren't you chasing the same speed out of the draw? Your 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 draw to extension should be the same time, whether you're at 100 yards, a quarter mile, or five feet. Yeah. Okay. If it's a fight. If it's a fight. Yeah. Because everything you leave on the table is the other guy's lunch. He gets to eat. So, you know, so we saw a little bit of that. Uh, some of the stuff that we saw, too, around time... Um, and, and it, you know, we, we've got guys running from different positions, guys running from strong side versus appendix and stuff like that. And and it, it strong side slower. So the comment that came up. Yeah. Somebody was like, well, do I get a 
they get an extra you know quarter second or half second because I'm running strong side and it's yeah not fair. it's not fair but if you want if you want a fair fight throw it in front of the butter cow in two weeks yep because that's where it's happening it's the only place yeah. one week out of the year you get fair yeah you know so throw down in front of the butter cow that that may be a t-shirt <laughs> throw down in front of the butter cow um don't throw down in front of the butter cow there will be a crowd there and everything else it's a little bit of a joke if you haven't caught up you know what we're talking about stop it and see us we'll explain it so and you know who you are yeah throw down in front of the butter cow <laughs> Sorry. Um, the like the kind of the flip side of that though, we saw a number of guys trying to then, you know, if their draw was a little slow, trying to speed up on the shooting. Yeah. And trying to make up time there, which like you can only shoot as fast as you can shoot in control. Yep. Um, there is a little bit of the Mario Andretti. If you're not slightly out of control, you're probably not going fast enough with MXAD, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the close targets. Um, but yeah, that twelve-yard target, like you got to get back. Things have got to tighten up um, visually, yeah, and with the trigger control um, to make sure that those rounds go where they need to. Yeah. Uh, I think back to the first time we shot MXAD, like two years ago, mm-hmm. two three years ago, something like that. Yeah, we shot it as the sun was setting, and we I, we could have saved the two target the targets at twelve yards because. Basically, yeah. nobody hit them. Yeah, it was bad. Um, it was it was really bad. Um, yeah, fortunately, these targets, twelve yards, got they got trashed on pretty good. Yeah, we were we um, were out of cardboard. It, they were yeah. being held together by pasters pretty quickly. Yeah, because the targets hadn't been shot in the chest a whole lot until we started that drill, yep. and pretty quickly the center of the target was torn out. So, yeah, there's a there's a, a lot of good shooting going on um, for the most part, and every once in a while the wheels fell off. But every time the wheels fell off because of what we've been doing for the last year and a half or more, the diagnosis, the mental diagnosis, it's to a point now where occasionally we would have somebody struggling, say three, four, five years ago, and they're like, what the hell am I doing? Somebody come take a look, and now it's like, I know what I'm doing. I gotta, I gotta fix this. So that becomes a mental issue, not an unknown. Very, very different mm-hmm. things. Um, the other part of this too, going to MXAD and doing this, really highlighted the fact that I haven't been doing the visual aspect of target transitions under dry fire. That's where I, that's where I was struggling. That would, there was some struggle bust there. So that, and that was time because I chose to not let the wheels fall off and try and make sure I was getting the hits because I was running a new system. And quite honestly, I want the confidence in the new system to know that it's not the gun. It's me. And so I, I, you know, this was a good night for a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of things put together and some things that came to the surface. So yeah. yeah, yeah, we did this uh, again. Three, three full double stack mags worth of shooting. Yeah, uh, and then we shot MXED a third time. Um, this time, three rounds to the close target in the body. One round to the far target in the head box. Uh-huh. Uh, three rounds to the close target in the body, and then one round to the far target in the head box. Yeah. Uh, so you really had to to tighten stuff up with regards to the vision and the trigger control on the far target, yep. and then. <clears throat> kind of go back to the close one really burn it down on the close one yeah and then you'd know, be very exact on the target transition to the far target yeah and make sure you didn't yank the shot yeah um, and honestly i didn't see times change a lot time i mean it slows down a little bit sure yeah but i didn't see times change dramatically um i think at that point everybody was was as warmed up as you were going to be and visually you knew what you had to do and i think you we're seeing some of those the ability to adapt to distance and make the mental decision to do what you've got to do to transition near to far, far to near, whatever. Um, 
happens a lot better now than it did again a few years ago just because of a change in the paradigm about how we train and what yep. we're looking for you know just the visual 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 yep. visual so yeah and then also some of the grip factors and stuff like that too doing things a little bit differently um the press on the trigger again we're back to i was making those headshots pretty rapidly pretty happy with that dry fire doing the practice doing the work so yeah. cool yeah fun fun um anything else um yeah this, these are really the msc the mxad stuff is really good uh-huh. um highly recommend shooting that drill um, not only is it a ton of fun yeah um, but there's a lot of really valuable lessons to be learned from it like how to have a, a really durable grip yes so that you can make the seventh and eighth shots yeah um, be able to, to flip that switch <laughs> to go from confirmation one to confirmation three uh, with the visual stuff between the close target and the far target or to go from confirmation two to confirmation three uh, or from confirmation one to confirmation two, again, all Whatever. depending on, on your skill level. Um, <laughs> but be able to do that, you know, in the, effectively in the time it takes to do the target transition yeah, um, to make that mental shift of this is now what I need to do, uh, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then pushing it to the headshots and doing some of the modifications gave us some different stuff too. Yeah, so because you really pushed that to a fine point. So, yeah, um, again, a lot of good stuff. Um, if if stuff's falling apart, you know that the I think MXD MXAD is a, a good diagnostic drill for yeah. sure for grip and then that ability to transition. And if you're struggling with it, go back to doing doubles and do a lot of doubles and then come back and do MXAD because yeah. you're going to test your grip durability and your ability to drive. Uh, a good grip and then on that close target that what confirmation do you need based on your grip and how well you control the gun and let it come back where it's supposed to come back to and none of it works when you're all tensed up yep so yeah so yep 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 so yeah absolutely yeah so cool cool yep. cool, cool. Uh, on that note as we come across kind of interesting things uh, you can follow along on our facebook and our instagram on Facebook, search for Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters 2. Uh, on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Uh, also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter that comes out on Fridays or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Uh, we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and Saturdays, 10 to 3, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys.